on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Pitch home, ground ball to short. Adamas has it, throws to first, ball game over. Bettinger gives up a run in the bottom of the ninth inning. Doesn't make a difference. 7-2 final score. The Brewers over the Pittsburgh Pirates here in Pittsburgh for game one. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Pauley. That's one heck of a sports night for Milwaukee sports fans. The Brewers, they win 7-2 over Pittsburgh with the win. They have won nine in a row. That is their longest regular season winning streak since 2014. And this is part of a really solid doubleheader night worth of uh, sports as the Bucks. They also won this evening as they were able to uh, knock off the Hawks 123-112. We'll be talking Brewers here on 94.5 ESPN for the next hour or so. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 800-990-3776. That's 800-990-ESPN. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. 7-2 the final score. Lots to get into on this one. Do have some injury updates on Corbin Burns and Colton Wong. We'll talk about uh, Jackie Bradley Jr.'s play. Just a lot of mostly good stuff. The injury's not great news, uh, but it looks like it's going to be okay with Corbin Burns. More on that in a moment, but let's welcome in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. And Augie, uh, this is one of those games where it really feels like the Brewers kind of put it all together and do just about everything well. Yeah, it was methodical. You, you, when you have a guy like Corbin Burns who, who's been throwing the ball so well, what you want to do, you want to get on the board early. And Bruce did that second inning, pick up, picking up two uh, two big runs with a big triple from Peterson and uh, Bradley Jr. coming up with a double to put them ahead 2 nothing. But right from then, it was Corbin Burns. And I'll tell you, we talk about different things that this this young man does on the mound and I've been trying to figure out a, a good nickname for him and at first I was going to say he was an artist because he paints the corners and does does all these great things but tonight he was a surgeon he really commanded the strike zone I thought it was one of his better outings he didn't have the strikeout count but really when you talk about being able to command all your pitches get ahead of hitters not go deep in the counts and really make things make things go the way you want them for seven and a third innings when he came out with that little bit of an injury. I'll tell you, he was very good tonight. Augie, I don't know this for sure. I'm not quite sure if he talked about this in his post game or not. You mentioned him not having the strikeout numbers. To me, I think he probably did that on purpose because the Brewers were in a really tough place from a bullpen position after what happened in yesterday's game and how many innings they had to get out of the bullpen. They had an emergency guy up and Alec Bettinger who ended up closing out the game. But they needed innings from Burns tonight, and when you when you when you have a lot of strikeouts, what you're doing is you're throwing a lot of pitches. So to me, it felt like he was he changed the way he pitched to try to extend his outing. Do you agree with that? I I, I don't know if he really changed himself a lot, Matt. But what he did is he went to the pitches that he knows he can get contact. He can get ground balls. He was throwing his two-seam sinker down. He had a good cutter. He had all his pitches. The off-speed stuff, the changeup was very good tonight. When he needed it, he added it extra pitches, and he went after the hitter. But I'll tell you what, just to keep everything under control, I thought, Matt, maybe he changed his style. But we did talk about that a couple starts ago 
We talked about when Corbin Burns understands that he can throw that two-seam sinker down, elevate the fastball when he wants, he's going to get a lot of early outs. And I tell you, he did that tonight. He got some ground balls. And when, you, when you're effective and you can get that ground ball early counts, you need it for double plays, you start, start finding out that there's another part of baseball that you can be very good at. Corbin Burns took another step tonight by going in, staying, uh, not going deep in the counts, and being able to use all his pitches and getting that good early contact. Augie, this is a this isn't a good Pittsburgh team, but this is a pesky Pittsburgh team, and it's a location and a ballpark that the Brewers have not played especially well in in recent years. So for me, I feel like going and grabbing this first victory in the series. Yeah, honestly, uh, I, I I hope they win the series. I hope they take three out of four. It'd be fantastic if they could just keep the winning streak going and and sweep. But considering their history in Pittsburgh, even if they walk out with a four-game split, like I'm going to be okay with that. And now all of a sudden, by winning the first game, you you almost you don't guarantee it, but you put yourself in pretty good position that nothing terrible is going to happen over these four days. You know, I, there's one statistic that I heard tonight that that kind of tells a story. It's the last nine games, the Brewers have scored 71 runs and they've given up 24. You, in order to do that, number one. You really got to be doing something good offensively. It's got to be hitting home runs. It's got to be getting guys on, and they've done that. They've not only done it with the base hits, they've walked a lot, and they've been patient at the plate, but it's on the defensive side. The run's given up. That means your pitching staff is coming in, throwing strikes, and you're getting good defensive play. We saw the great defensive plays tonight. It was very good, but it was quite evident against Chicago, too. Defense really has paid off for this ball club. They're playing solid defense. And the pitchers are throwing strikes, getting ahead of hitters. You do those two, those little things, that means you're playing good, solid baseball in all areas. And that's what this ball club has been doing the last nine games. Brewers get the 7-2 win over the Pirates to open up the series. If you want to join us, you can call or you can text at 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. Different number than when we're on WTMJ. So if you've got that uh, text line maybe saved in your phone, you're going to have to go with a different number since we're on 94.5 ESPN tonight, 800-990-3776. Or, as always, you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers get the win over the Pirates 7 What's the update on the injury for Corbin Burns and Colton Wong? One bit of news better than the other. We'll pass that along next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Brewers get the win in Pittsburgh to open up the series with a victory. They have now won nine straight. Brewers Extra Innings continues here on 94.5 ESPN. You can call or text us 800-990-3776-800-990-3776 or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Alongside former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, I am Matt Pauley. Here's what everybody wants to know, the injury updates on Corbin Burns and Colton Wong. Augie, do you want the good news or do you want the not-so-good news? Uh, Let's take the good news first. The good news is Corbin Burns. He said that uh, a cleat slipped on his next-to-last pitch, his left knee got a little bit jammed up, 
It had been bothering him a bit. He tried to pitch through it. Uh, that knee, I guess, has been a little bit balky at times. But the expectation is that this is not going to cost him any type of uh, in any type of time. He was smart to get him. See, he called the trainers out. He basically pulled himself out of the game. So that's Augie. That's the smart thing to do when it comes to injuries. Like the the natural thing as an athlete, as a competitor, when you suffer an injury, is to try to fight through it because that's that's who most athletes are. But sometimes you got to think through it and you can maybe limit the damage by getting yourself out of the game you know matt let's go back to last year you i I think you remember that late year when when corbin was on the mound and he felt something he tried to pitch through it and ended up uh uh, hurting his side and then couldn't pitch in the playoffs like he wanted to uh i think you i think that was last year towards the end of the year and he tried to pitch through it i think tonight seeing what happened and knowing that he had a little bit of tenderness in his knee the smart thing was to do was to call the trainer out explain what was going on and then make that decision saying hey you know what on let's 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 go to the Part of safety. Let's get out of the game. We have the ball. We have the ball game in control. We have the best part of our bullpen still available, and get out and then see how it how it goes tomorrow, the following day, and hopefully he won't miss any stars. So he said after the game he felt better. But I th- I agree with I agree that it's the best thing to do is to come out of the game. But wasn't it last year that he did the same thing? Tried to pitch through it, ended up hurting himself, and wasn't able wasn't able to come back in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and that changed everything because kind of the, the thought process going in the postseason was if you have Woodruff and Burns in the postseason against the Dodgers, maybe you can steal one of those two games and then all of a sudden everything's kind of a, a crapshoot in that third game. Well, you only had Woodruff going and uh, that, that sort of changed everything. So you make a great point. Yeah, and it's and it's a valuable point because you know you got this pitching staff who's doing so well, and if you get deep in the ball game, you have such a good bullpen that's been throwing the ball so well that you, I think when you if you're going to do anything, you're going to be more cautious in what transpires. And I thought that was a good move by Corbin tonight, not feeling a hundred percent, just feeling a little uh, twinge in his knee to, to take himself out of that ball game, and then see what happens on, on the follow-up the day after or so, and hopefully he won't miss any starts and uh, uh, he'll be well on his way. All right, so we'll probably get an update on that over the next day or two, but that seems to be trending in the right direction. What's not trending in the right direction is the Colton Wong situation as he re-aggravates his uh, left calf injury. They'll they'll reevaluate him coming up tomorrow, but Craig Council did say that essentially they're back to square one. At this point, they are going to consider the 10-day injury list. When you consider the timing on this, Augie, it, to me it just makes sense to put him on the injured list because you put him on the injured list that essentially takes you to the all-star break that gives you another four days beyond that and you just hope with that kind of time off that he can be a hundred percent coming back because you know clearly he's not going to be able to play for the next three four days anyways are you really going to try to push him to get him in for some of that met series or some of that cincinnati series it just makes all the sense to get him back on the injured list and give him that extra time I really agree with you. I think that's the best thing to do. Give him some time off. Don't aggravate anything. And, you know, you got that extra time with the All-Star break. And, you know, make sure he comes back 100%. We have so much more baseball to be played this year. I think they're doing the same thing with Locaine. Is maybe Locaine wants to try to come back before that All-Star break. But just to be cautious because there's so many important games that take place after that All-Star break that you want everybody healthy. I think you look at it another way, too. You look at the way that... Uh, the way that 
that Peterson is playing. He's been playing ex- exceptional in the field at second base. He's swinging the bat very, very well. He's really uh, doing a nice job on the offense, and the Urias is is playing so well. So they got they got different directions they can go to while Colton's out, especially till the All Star break. So these guys are playing so well. So take advantage of that to get healthy. Health is going to be a big part of the second half of the season, and I think the Brewers got to just have to be a little bit cautious and make sure everybody's healthy. Let's grab a couple text messages. Uh, Mike in Colorado says, good to see Jackie Bradley Jr. warming up. Tyrone Taylor's getting better and better. Uh, Garcia contributing and Christian Yelich is slowly coming around. What are they going to do when Low Kane comes back? Mike, I understand why you asked that question, and a lot of people are asking that type of question. Uh, I know you are a very loyal listener, so you have heard what I'm about to say probably a thousand times. Maybe not that many, but you know what I'm saying. I say this over and over. Things like this always work out. Stuff in baseball, it just it always works out. Everybody was worried before this uh, season got started about the four outfielders for the three spots and what was going to happen. And, and there's been injuries. And I'm not trying to be uh, a Debbie Downer here, but quite qu- quite bluntly, the injuries aren't going to stop. Uh, we are. It's not just a Brewers thing. It is across Major League Baseball. This soft tissue stuff in, in these bodies coming off the 60-game schedule to the 162-game schedule this year, these injuries are just that they're going to keep happening. It's going to be an all-year sort of thing, and you hope to manage it. To me, I, I don't think we can even talk at this point with the expectation that the Brewers are ever going to be fully healthy because nobody is fully healthy, and the idea is going to be to manage them as, as much as possible. Augie, I... I don't know about you. Like I was expecting injuries with pitchers this year, going from the 60 to 162. I've been a little bit caught off guard by the number of position player injuries across Major League Baseball. And you know, there's uh, there was some uh, there was some chatter on social media tonight talking about Colton Wong being fragile and 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 Lorenzo Cain being fragile. That's that's not really in their career resume. And Adam McAlvey made that point on Twitter, and it's, it's, a, it's a great point that he made. Look, this is just a weird year coming off the 60 to the 162. We can't be sitting here and you know, yelling at guys about getting injured, especially guys who don't really have an injury history. It's just a year where injuries are going to really be a part of the game. Yeah, and you think about you talk about major league baseballs in today's world. Everybody's on a routine. It's just not a routine that that major league ball players are on during the season. It's the off season too. And when you get on a certain routine, you have that altered. It does change a lot of things. And I think that's a huge reason. I thought you brought up a great point. Last season being a sixty game season, but it still was. They went into the the year before. They went into the off season. They had their regular off season. They come to spring training. They spring train. They have spring training for six weeks, and then they go to another off season. And and then they come up and they play sixty games, and now they're back to another off season. So I thought there was going to be some change in routines. Everybody is uh, when you play on a major league level, you like to to stay in a in a, a frame of mind or a way you. You handle yourself not only during the season but off season, and and I think that's been altered. And I I totally agree with you. I think that the change from the the sixty to one hundred sixty two, and having the off parts of off seasons like they have have had, I think really makes a big difference in what's going on with injuries this year in Major League Baseball. 
Doug texting in, I can see the Brewers winning this division without any major injuries by 9 or 10 games on their way to 96 wins. And have you noticed when Taylor plays, they win? Doug, that's true, but here's something else. They've won nine in a row. When anybody plays, they win. Every name any play when Alec Bettinger pitches, they win because he pitched tonight. And they like uh, when 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 Ashby pitches, they win. When it doesn't matter who you are, if you play, you win because you've won nine games in a row. Oh, I just really love Tyrone Taylor, Augie. But uh, you know they could you could go pitch tomorrow and they might win, Augie. Well, I might be out there then. Uh, but uh, you, you know, Matt. It's it's the way this team is going to play and the way they're playing like a team and and I understand uh, uh, Doug's uh, uh, how much he likes Tyrone Taylor and he is a very good player but you know we look at we look about the way this team has been playing they win nine in a row you brought that good point up tonight when you look at the the highlights on the offensive side of the ball you look at you need the names of Peterson uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, Hira Taylor. Uh, Tyrone Taylor, Robertson comes up with some big days. So these are guys that in an average night that you say, maybe you hear one name it make having a good game, but never would you think of going into a game and saying it was Peterson, Jackie Bradley Jr., Keston Hero comes up with the big hit, and Robertson comes up with some nice defensive plays, gets a sack fly in the base hit to start an inning. A lot of guys are, are, are playing big parts of what's going on, and everybody – like you said, they're relaxed. They understand what they they have to do, and they're given that opportunity, and they're taking advantage of an opportunity, and really doing well for this ball club. Daniel Robertson, the only Brewer with multiple hits, and he only played because of the Colton Wong injury. That's very interesting. Up and down that lineup, they all had hits tonight. Yesterday, everybody had a hit, but but uh, but but Yelly, and but everybody scored in the lineup. So just this Brewer ball club that are doing things. You don't point to one guy. You don't point to two guys. It's different guys every night, everybody chipping in. And when you talk about team, you, you have to mention what this Milwaukee Brewers uh, ball club is doing right now. All right, we got to get into the play that Jackie Bradley Jr. pulled off because it is something that I don't know if I can ever remember anything quite like that. It was something. Brewers get the win over Pittsburgh 7-2. If you want to join us, you can call or you can text 800-990-3776 or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. To one pitch. Swing the line drive, hit towards center. Back Jackie Bradley Jr. Warning track, looks up and makes the catch. Fires back to first base. They got a shot at a double play. Hira will tag out Stallings. It's a double play. An incredible double play. An incredible double play. So if you haven't seen it, let me just put a little bit more color on it because Jackie Bradley Jr., just kind of trots out towards the outfield wall, looking up the way an outfielder would look up on a ball that was easily going to be out of there. All the while, he's got his glove down by his hip, the hip that's essentially closest to the wall, and he tie- he kind of spaces it out so the ball lands into that glove as he's looking up like it's going to be a home run. He completely dekes the living you-know-what 
out of Jacob Stallings on the bases and then throws flat-footed an 86-mile-per-hour strike to first base to double off Stallings. Augie, that's a play. That That's an incredible play. Uh, this, this spring, when uh, uh, we picked up uh, Jackie Br- uh, Bradley Jr., I was talking to a good friend of mine, and you know him, the Bulldog, Ken Sanders. And Kenny was in, in Florida, and when we picked him up, he called me the next day, and he says, he said, Augie, I just played golf with a scout that scouted Jackie Bradley Jr. for many, many years. He said, when you watch this guy play defense, you are going to see something that you've never thought you'd ever see in the game of baseball. And I said, well, that's really neat. And I've been watching him. He went up over the fence. He's made those great catches. But tonight, that is something you've never seen in baseball. That was one of the most spectacular plays that I've ever seen in the game. And uh, they said, they, he told me, he said, watch him because he's that good. And he's, he's just uh, one of the best outfitters that he's ever seen. And uh, I'll tell you what, he's really been, uh, been true to that very much. And that play made tonight was just spectacular. It's um yeah, and he said in post game that he didn't even put everything he had on that throw, and that's like they were there. There was a discussion about this tonight, Augie, because you hear eighty six miles per hour, and you go, okay, yeah, that's fast, but you know what, pitchers throw ninety five plus. There's a there's a significant difference between a pitcher on an upward plane with a wind up, you know, going, you know, throwing. Uh, close to 100 miles per hour and an outfielder throwing flat-footed and getting it to 86 miles per hour on a strike. That is special. I I mean, his accuracy, uh, he's gotten such a name that, you know, Teams don't even run on him anymore, and and you see just what he does. He's so confident. He understands. He gets great jumps on the ball, and he makes things look so easy. But uh, when I when I was told by Ken Sanders uh, when he went golfing with his buddy, and his buddy said he scouted him for every year, he said just watch him each and every every day. You watch him play. He is a special outfielder. He's one of those guys that don't come along ever so often, but. He said, just watch him play. You'll be very impressed. And uh, tonight just did it. I, I saw a play that I never thought anybody would ever make. Yeah, it was uh, it was special to uh, to say the least. If you want to join us, you can do so. 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN, or you could tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. The importance of add-on runs. We continue to see the Brewers do just that. Add runs on late in the game. It impacts not only that day's game, but games moving forward. We'll discuss it next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Peterson, line drive right center field, right on cue. He plugs the gap. That one's going to go all the way to the wall. Tyrone Taylor, round 30, is going to score with ease. Peterson on his way to third. The throw there, not in time. It's an RBI triple, and the Brewers lead it 1-0. 7-2, Brewers get the win in Pittsburgh. They extend their winning streak to a season-best nine games. In terms of it just being regular season games, it is their best winning streak since 2014. They'll go for a 10-game winning streak coming up tomorrow. Welcome back into the program. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. Augie, we saw the Brewers score three runs in the ninth inning, and that turned it from 
a three-run game to a six-run game. Josh Hader was warming in the bullpen. At that point, he sat down, and Alec Bettinger came in. Now, we saw Hader get back up. Bettinger did allow a run, gave up some base runners. But really, this isn't meant to be disrespectful to Bettinger. Bettinger's job wasn't truly to pitch a zero there. His job was to make sure that it did not become another save situation and just avoid using Hader. But it's really important as this season goes along, and as you know, we talked earlier about injuries, and we're, we're waiting to see as the season does move forward how pitchers are going to be impacted anytime you don't have to use Josh Hader that's probably a benefit long term to this team and they were able to get him to sit down again today by scoring those three runs in the ninth yeah they've been doing that when you talk about the the winning streak and everybody's talked about how they played since uh May 22nd where they're 28 and 10 they've been a, a lot of times in the last especially in the last two weeks been able to put up runs late in the ball game and that is so important you know we we watched them put game, runs up early in the game first and second innings getting on the board getting the lead for their ball club but then right away late in the ball game adding runs anytime you get into the ball game where you put runs on the board early and then you add on runs late in the ball game that is so special. And the other one thing the ball club has been doing, out of the last five times that their opponents have scored, four of those times, they've answered right away back. And, you know, you look at those things scoring early, answering what the other team does, get that momentum back, and scoring late, boy, that's a resume for winning baseball games and it's really proved a lot in this last nine games. Okay, clearly scoring the add-on runs is a really good thing, and being able to avoid uh, using Josh Hader too often to try to keep him fresh as the season goes along is important as well. But let me let's turn it around for just a second. At some point, because we've seen this a lot lately, where Hader has been warming and he's been very warm. He has been ready to go, and like in a situation like today, he was warm and ready to go in. Sat down, had to get warm again. At some point in time does does all that actually take a toll on your body where it actually would be better for you to get in the game and actually pitch i think that's one thing that craig council and and chris hook along with steve carsey really monitor a lot especially with josh and probably with devin williams is what do they do what do they throw in the bullpen how much how hot did they get did, did they have to get up once sit down then have to get back up you know when we talk about about it a lot Matt we talk about oh Josh was used two days in a row or he was used one day in a row and he threw 20 25 pitches he's not available the next day it's not maybe just that day with the 21 or 22 pitches it's what what is comprised of what happened that day in the bullpen and maybe the day before and the day before that if he gets up three days in a row gets to the part where he's ready to come into ball game. That's a part where I think that the Brewers, uh, Brewers with, with Chris Hook and Steve Carson and Craig Council are monitoring very closely because they know there's going to come a time when they're going to need him those three days in a row. And being able to monitor, monitor how much he throws in that bullpen is really important. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I, body language-wise, it almost felt like he was a little frustrated that he wasn't going in the game, and I probably read that body language completely wrong, and he understands things, but there is, like, as a pitcher, when you're up warming, in a way, don't you want to go in, like, you, you don't want to warm up for no reason? Well, I think Josh wants to get in every game. I think if he had the opportunity, yeah. he's feeling healthier. When Josh is ready, he wants to come in the ball game. And but he understands it. He understands what they're trying to accomplish, and he also under, understands his success. And I know we've been asked a number of times on our show that, hey, why don't they let Josh go more than one inning? Well, 
Josh is in a in a groove right now where that one inning is he's just having so much success. He's so in control. He's using all his pitches that you want that maintain that. And I think that the monitoring the relief the relief pitches, what they throw in the bull in the bullpen is just as important as the guys, the pitchers that go a hundred pitches, that go ninety-eight pitches when you take them on a ball game. It is so important because when you get ready to go in that ball game, you want to get in that ball game. And I'm sure Josh wants to get in, but he also understands that in order for it to accomplish what this Brewer ball club wants to do, he has to be ready those days that are so important that he can come in and help the ball club win a win a game and, and hopefully get a save. A 7-2 victory for the Brewers tonight in Pittsburgh. Again, the big uh, talking points afterwards, a nine-game winning streak, but injuries suffered by pitcher Corbin Burns and also uh, by second baseman Colton Wong. Manager Craig Council addresses all of those things in his post-game comments. Those are coming up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. 2-2 pitch. Swing and a tapper over the mound. Play. Adamas charges. Fields throws. Got him. A quick exchange from Willie Adamas to get it from his glove to his hand to get the speedy Phillip Evans. 7-2 Brewers get the win in Pittsburgh in the series opener of a four-game set. We are really going down the home stretch. Uh, before the All-Star break, they'll play these four games in Pittsburgh. Then they go to New York for three against the Mets. Next weekend, they got a four-gamer at home against Cincinnati. And then, boom, it is the All-Star break beginning on Monday, July 12th. They've also hit a point where... Um, they have eclipsed the halfway point of the season. We think of the All-Star break as the halfway point, but the mathematical halfway point, they are past it, and we are now headed down the proverbial mountain. Brewers get the win over the Pirates 7-2. Corbin Burns uh, goes seven and a third innings, but after he records that first out in the eighth, he calls the training staff out, and he removes himself from the game due to an apparent injury. Manager Craig Council spoke with the media just a little while ago, and he gave an update on Burns' injury situation. Yeah, this is, is he kind of deals with this, you know, occasionally and, and um, gets treatment for it occasionally. But uh, I think it just got to a point where it was just got a little bit more significant and where he was at in the game. Um, I think wisely he, he called us out there. So, um Right now, we're optimistic about next start and um, just not 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 being very serious and um, just kind of take it from there. Craig, how about Colton? Uh, yeah, Colton re-aggravated his calf. Um, you know, we're probably kind of back to square one again. Not bad, um, but we'll we'll have to see how he comes in tomorrow. Craig, with, with Colton, he was so optimistic that he was going to avoid the IL. Do you think that's still possible or just have to wait and see tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll wait and see tomorrow. I think it, I, I think we have to consider it at this point with with uh, him re-aggravating it um, and kind of with the all-star break giving us some extra days. So we'll, we'll see how he is, but uh, it's, it's under consideration, I guess is what I'd say.
Craig, just did he do it dancing out of the way of a couple of breaking balls? Did he do it in that at bat or did it happen in the field? No, I, I think he I think he did it a little bit. I think he did it the first at bat, actually, just as his um uh somewhere in his first at first at bat. So and then you, we just we saw it a little bit kind of in his second at bat, some 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 reluctance a little bit, and then um uh, as he came in from the field from kind of run, running around a little bit more, he just said something and then we got him out of there. Overall though, Craig, the way uh, Corbin pitched tonight, you couldn't ask for much more, just, you know, seven plus solid innings, ground balls, just pretty much did everything, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, look on a night that we really needed it. Um, he, he gave us exactly what we needed and, and in really good fashion. So, um, all in all, the night went as, as what how we needed it to go. We we got the rest of the guys a night off in the bullpen, or the guys that needed it a night off um, gets us kind of back to square one. And um, so that's credit to Corbin for not only giving us length, but giving us you know not giving up any runs, doing it. So it, it was they were aggressive on it tonight, and he, and he you know he almost took advantage of that in a way by just kind of pounding the strike zone and letting them put the ball in play. And, um, you know, we got, we got through seven innings, you know, fairly easy with the, the, the fact that, you know, we were able to send him out there for the eighth is, is I, I'm not pretty sure he's never been out there in the eighth inning. So it was, but it was a sign of his efficiency, um, and then taking advantage of their aggressiveness a little bit. Craig, that, that play with Jackie Bradley Jr. where he deked everybody. Did, first of all, did he deke you? <laughs> No, I mean, we've seen Jackie do it. I mean, he, he's, he does it so well. I mean, I, I almost know that he's going to catch it when he does that. Uh, he, he, um, once he gets so calm when he knows he's going to catch a baseball. And so it's, it's actually a sign for me that I know he's going to catch it. What, what an important play in the game though. When you, you know, you talk about Burns efficiency, that's a huge play right there to get two quick outs on a ball that looks like, you know, it might be big yeah. trouble. Yeah, no, it was for sure. Uh, it was a great play. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's a play that everybody fires you up on the, on the bench and on the defensive end. It was just, it was just brilliant. It's, it's hard to do a ball's not an easy play. And, and, you know, you see infielders try to do it on on something like that on a base stealer, but like on a guy that's got his eyes on you the whole time, it's that's pretty hard to do, and it was pretty special. Craig, nine wins in a row now, first time since two thousand fourteen. Uh, just playing with confidence, and and you know what 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 does that number mean to you, if anything? No, we're playing good baseball. I mean, we we that that's the bottom line, and again, it's just a whole bunch of guys. I mean, you know, tonight was, you know, D-Rob comes into the game and, and does something good, replacing Colton. Um, Tyrone Taylor with, with, with a big two-run hit there. Um, Jace was another, another bunch of good at-bats to, to, uh, to help us out. So just, you know, a lot of guys doing good things. And that's, um, that's what you need in a streak like this. Um, it's what sustains something like this. And, um, you know, it's good baseball. Manager Craig Council meeting with the media via Zoom just a little while ago. Brewers get the win over Pittsburgh 7-2. How does it all go down? We'll tell you. We've got our highlights coming up next. Brewers get the win. This is Brewers Extra Innings. 
Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. Brewers knock off the Pirates by a 7-2 score. Starting pitching matchup, Corbin Burns going for the crew. Will Crow getting the start for the Pirates. It would be the Brewers who would strike first in the top of the second inning. The inning gets started with a Tyrone Taylor walk. That brings up the hot Jace Peterson. Peterson, line drive right center field, right on cue. He plugs a gap. That one's going to go all the way to the wall. Tyrone Taylor, round third. He's going to score with ease. Peterson on his way to third. The throw there, not in time. It's an RBI triple, and the Brewers lead it 1-0. Speaking of, uh, well, we'll get into that in a second. Keston Hero would then strike out, and that would bring up Jackie Bradley Jr. 1-0. Jackie, line drive down the right field line. It's a fair ball and up against the wall on a hop. Jackie digging for second base. Here comes the throw. It's offline. It's an RBI double for Jackie Bradley Jr. So he gets a big hit there in the second inning. Then the bottom of the second, he comes up with a huge defensive play. The inning gets started with a base hit from Jacob Stallings, and that brings up the former Brewer, Ben Gamble. 2-1 pitch. Swing the line drive, hit towards center. Back Jackie Bradley Jr. Warning track, looks up and makes the catch. Fires back to first base. They got a shot at a double play. Hero will tag out Stallings. It's a double play. Yeah, just an incredible play as JBJ completely deked out uh, Jacob Stallings on the bases, basically pretending that that ball was going to uh, be a home run. And what it ends up being is uh, a double play. So it remains a 2 nothing game. Will Crow got the start for the Pirates, and he was pitching well, but he allowed a couple runners on in the fifth. And with two outs, somewhat surprisingly, uh, Derek Shelton, the Pirates manager, removes him from the game. At that point, Sam Howard comes on. He gets the final out of the inning, and then the Pirates would get their first run. It would come in the bottom of the fifth inning when it's Ben Gamble at the plate. 2-1 on its way. Swing and a fly ball to right center. That is well struck. Back Taylor, still back. Warning track gone. Ben Gamble, first run of the game for Pittsburgh. It's a solo home run. His third of the year. So that makes it a 2-1 contest. Clay Holmes would come on to pitch for the Pirates in the uh, sixth inning. He is somebody who has struggled against the Brewers this year, and he struggled in the sixth. Tyrone Taylor walks, then Jace Peterson walks. The runner's on at first and second, and then runners at second and third, thanks to a Holmes balk, and that's in front of Keston Hira. Infield in now, 1-1. Swing and a bouncer, in the right of base hit. Peterson scores. They're going to hold up the runner from second base. And the Brewers now have a 3-1 lead. It was Tyrone Taylor that scored from third. Peterson ends up at third. After a walk to JBJ, that would end the day for Holmes as Chris Stratton would come on to pitch. He would face off against Daniel Robertson, who had hit a sacrifice fly. That would score Jace Peterson, and that would make it a 4-1 game. Brewers played pretty good defense in this contest. We played that double play for you earlier in the bottom of the sixth inning. Phillip Evans leading things off. 2-2 pitch. Swing and a tapper over the mound. Play. Adamas charges. Fields throws. Got him. A quick exchange from Willie Adamas to get it from his glove to his hand to get the speedy Phillip Evans. 
Remains a 4-1 game. Chase and Shreve would come on to pitch the seventh inning for the Pirates. All the while, Corbin Burns was just continuing to mow down Pirates hitters, and he kept his pitch count low on a day where the Brewers really needed a deep start from their starter because of the innings that were required out of the bullpen yesterday. Uh, Dwayne Underwood would pitch the top of the eighth inning for the Pirates, and then it would be Corbin Burns coming back out for the bottom of the eighth inning something he had not done before. First batter he would face, Kevin Newman, would ground out. However, immediately after that out is recorded, he calls the training staff out and removes himself from the game. We've learned since that it was a knee issue, but it does not appear to be a major issue, and right now it looks likely that he'll make his next start. So Devin Williams comes on to get the final two outs of the bottom of the eighth. He does just that. Pirates closer Richard Rodriguez comes on in the top of the ninth inning just to get some work. Obviously not a safe situation with the Brewers up 4-1. It does not go well for Rodriguez. Daniel Robertson gets a base hit, and then with one out, Christian Yelich singles. So runners on at the corners for Omar Nervias. 1-2 pitch. Swing and a line drive deep into right center field. Back, warning track. It's over the head of Oliva. One run is in. Christian Yelich will be held at third. It's an RBI double for Omar Narvaez. The Brewers not done. Next hitter, Tyrone Taylor. One and two on Tyrone Taylor. Infield up. The pitch home. Swing, line drive, base hit to right. That's going to score at least Yelich. Narvaez is going to be sent around third. Here comes the throw home. It's cut off. Two runs single. Tyrone Taylor. The three add-on ninth inning runs allows Josh Hader to sit down in the bullpen. Instead, they go to Alec Bettinger, who was called up from AAA prior to the game just to be more of an emergency uh, usage guy more than anything else with all the uh, pitchers who were down after yesterday. Bettinger's job was to basically keep uh, the rest of the bullpen pitchers away from the uh, pitching mound, and he does that. Brian Hayes does lead the inning off with a double. Uh, and that would bring up with one out, Jacob Stallings. The 1-2 hit down the third baseline. It's a fair ball just past Robertson. Yelich digs it out as it got stuck in the padding. It'll be a double for Jacob Stallings, and the Pirates score another run at 7-2. So that uh, yeah made it a 7-2 game. That would end up being the final score as Bettinger was able to lock in after that. And the Brewers do come away with the victory. With the win, the Brewers go to 49-33. and They've won nine in a row. The nine-game winning streak is the longest winning streak right now in Major League Baseball. And they're at 16 games above 500. The Pirates drop to 29-51. and Winning totals for the crew, seven runs, nine hits, no errors. They leave nine. For Pittsburgh, two runs, six hits, no errors. They leave four. Winning pitcher Corbin Burns, he's 4-4, four four, the loss to Will Crow. He drops to 1-5. The only home run in the game was hit by Ben Gamble. It was his third of the year. The game lasting 3 hours and 37 minutes, played in front of a crowd of 11,074 folks at PNC Park. Brewers get the win over the Pirates 7-2. When we return, we'll get you some scores from around the world of baseball, and we'll preview game two of this series coming up tomorrow. Brewers win over the Pirates 7-2. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. 7-2 Brewers get the win in Pittsburgh. 
in game one of a four-game set. A few notes from this game, courtesy of uh, Doug Kern, at DA Kern 74 on Twitter. A Brewer with two hits and a sacrifice fly in a game that they didn't start. It's only happened four times. Daniel Robertson becomes the fourth player in Brewers history to do that. The last player was uh, Brady Clark back in July of 2003, also against Pittsburgh in a game the Brewers won 9-2. Brewers to hit a go-ahead triple in Pittsburgh. Jace Peterson did it tonight. He is one of just four Brewers to have ever done that. The others, Christian Yelich, Brett Phillips, and Ryan Braun. So all happening uh, in relative, uh, and of course, I mean, they haven't been a National League team that long. So, uh, of course, they'll all be relatively recent. Bronze was all the way back in uh, 2008. Brewers teammates with two walks and two runs scored in the same game against Pittsburgh. Jace Peterson and Tyrone Taylor did that tonight. Christian Yelich and Orlando Arcia did it in May of 2019. Jeremy Burnett and Jose Hernandez did it back in September of 2001. And one note about Clay Holmes for the Pirates. Get this. He becomes the first Pirates pitcher in the modern era to walk three and commit a balk while not recording any outs. That is something. The last pitcher for any team to do that was Ray Hayward for Texas against the Yankees in July of 1988. And for Hayward, that was his last ever Major League appearance. Taking a look at some scores from around the National League Central, Cardinals and Rockies are playing in Colorado. This game is in the bottom of the ninth right now, tied 2-2. There was a weather delay in this contest. It's the return of Nolan Arenado to Colorado. He has gone 0-4 for with a strikeout. Adam Wainwright got the start for St. Louis. Eight innings, two runs, six hits, four strikeouts, one walk. He will not factor into the decision. The Reds scored two runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. Looks like they got a home run from Kyle Farmer. Yeah, they got a home run, a two-run home run from Kyle Farmer in the bottom of the ninth. And uh, the Reds come back to defeat Cincinnati by a 5-4 score. Cubs not playing today. Current standings in the NL Central. Brewers continue to lead the way. They now have a six-and-a-half game lead on the Idle Cubs. Reds eight back, Cardinals eight-and-a-half back, and the Pirates are 19 games back. Around the Brewers' minor league system, Triple A Nashville, they lose at home to Louisville by a 5 2 score. Double A Biloxi winning at Pensacola, 3 0. High A Wisconsin losing at Beloit in 11 innings, 5 4. And Carolina loses at Fayetteville by a 6 5 score. Wanted to pass this along to you as well. The Milwaukee Milkmen tonight, they were playing the Chicago Dogs. I read from their post game press release because I've never seen this one happen before. In an interesting turn of events, the game halted in the top of the eighth inning for a fireworks show. Due to the long delay, the Milkmen were no longer able to finish the game because they had to hit the road for their game tomorrow against Fargo-Moorhead, and the final two innings will take place when Milwaukee heads back to Chicago on July 13th. So a fireworks show resulted in the Milkmen not being able to finish their game tonight. How about that? 
Brewers and Pirates will wrap up the series. No, they won't. They'll play day game two of the four-game series. I'm well ahead of myself. They'll play game two of the four-game series against the Pirates coming up tomorrow. Adrian Hauser will get the start. The right-hander is 4-5 and five with a 4.16 ERA. He is set to be opposed by righty JT Brubaker, who's having a nice season, 4-7, and seven, a 3.82 ERA. Back on WTMJ tomorrow, 6.05 first pitch. Network coverage begins at 5.30. Myself and Jerry Augustine, we will come your way immediately following the game once again for Brewers Extra Innings. Again, the Brewers get the win tonight over the Pirates by a 7-2 score. Brewers have won nine in a row. We'll talk to you tomorrow for more Brewers Extra Innings, and it'll be over on WTMJ.